Hello, friends, Coach Shelby and Coach Christine. We're excited to have you join us for Time for Brunch Quick Bites Edition. Grabbing your miles with a side of smiles, maybe taking them on the run midday, in the afternoon, or a late night snack attack. No matter when, no matter where, no matter how, we are happy to have you here. So if you're choosing to get moving and grooving, let's lace up those shoes, put a smile on your face, and log some miles, or maybe those smiles that we're talking about. Because today is a special day. We have an entire month of women's history, women's empowerment, and today is International Women's Day, which, I mean, Coach, I don't think anybody should be surprised that this is like our Super Bowl. This is the day we wait all year for. Well, actually, I'm going to say that we make International Women's Day 365 happen, but we're excited that we get to share it with friends for this time together. So we're going to do a little bit of just um, of our typical chatter about some of our favorites. Now, we've done a little bit of this already with Women Crush Wednesdays, but this is going to dig a little deeper um, and just recognize that there are some incredible women who have made really important strides for us here today. And now some are going to be running related, maybe some won't be quite as running related. But again, as always, we want to hear from you. What does this day mean to you? And who is somebody that you look to that inspires you, that has, that gives you, like, when you think of, like, woman goals, this is somebody that you kind of aspire to be. So, Coach, you did your homework. You came prepared. I want to go right out of the gate and and tell us maybe somebody who you've got. Well, I'm going to start on a non-running, non-famous level. And Mm. I want to give a shout out to my mama. Because if anybody has taught me what a strong woman looks like, it is her. She raised two strong women. She is helping me raise a strong young woman. And when I look up to somebody, it's definitely her. And then when I look up to somebody younger than I am, I look at my daughter because I aspire to have the carefree attitude that she does. And she makes me a better woman. So... Just a personal shout out to both of them, which they probably won't hear this. I mean, my daughter doesn't know how to work a phone and I'm not sure if my mom actually listens to our podcast, but she hears me talk about it all the time anyway. So I'll give her a bye on that. Oh, I love that so much. That is so sweet. Oh my goodness. Well, I think that for me, I definitely have a lot of women in my personal life that I love and aspire to be, um, or I I guess not aspire to be, but that I'm inspired by on a daily basis. Uh, So I've surrounded myself with incredible women. There is no doubt about it, but I'm going to probably steal a little bit of somebody who means a lot to both of us in this next conversation. And just put right out of the gate that one of my favorite humans, one of the people who I think I'm most inspired by, and I know you feel the same way, Coach, it may be something that we share a love for, is the late, great Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, put that out love there. her. Mm-hmm. So I much. still say it in present tense because she... You'll, you'll always love her. The spirit of yeah. RBG lives within, right? Yes. Um, now you loved the movie that was made about her, like the biopic. I love the documentary. Do you want to talk a little bit about to the movie? Yeah. So I, I will admit I did not see the movie until after she had passed mm-hmm. and it was 
very enlightening because while I always knew what a strong woman she was, I don't know if I had taken the time to really immerse myself in all she did. And I am one of those people to where I can read something, but it's like audiobooks when the author is reading it, similar to what we talked about with Running While Black with Alison Desir, hearing the words and hearing it brought to life has a bigger impact almost to me. So I think seeing the movie, even though there's obviously dramatization, seeing it really hit home. The trials and the tribulations of putting her family first, but then also putting herself first and how supportive her husband was. And then seeing later on her kids and reading about what they went into. So I took one portion and quickly went down the Google rabbit hole. But the acting was just flawless. And it's one of those, I can't watch it all the time because it is very powerful. It's very real life too, yeah. especially mm-hmm. now. Um, but it's it's a great one. And the uh, talk about soundtrack. I know music was last week, but talk about that soundtrack. Oh, Kesha's Here Comes the Change. 10 out of 10, Ooh. guys. Okay, well, I have to say that I love the documentary. I loved the snippets of getting to like peek behind the judicial robes and getting to see the woman that, you know, of course the movie does show that quite a bit as well, but getting to see her in her later years and kind of looking back and hearing her speak so powerfully as well. Um, I then did go down a rabbit hole after seeing the RBG documentary and kind of start looking up some of her minority dissenting opinions that she wrote absolutely incredibly powerful in how she wielded the pen on some of the dissenting which we all know she's famous for that dissent collar of hers i think i'm gonna have to stop gushing because we could make this an entire rbg and we've got a whole lot of other women to talk about so friends needless to say she's at the top of our list we love her and so very much and whether maybe you're not a fan maybe you absolutely do love her i can't imagine how you could not be a fan but one thing I do want to leave us with here is she had some beautiful ways with words. And I think Mm -hmm. that one of my favorite quotes of hers is fight for the things that you care about, do it in a way that will lead others to join you. I love that. So, okay, coach, right out of the gate, I know we're going to have to quit gushing on her. Let's get the next next woman who's made a a lot of um, an impact on us or or you. I can't can't say that I'm not going to gush again because... Again, talk about a more recent shatterer of that glass ceiling. Alicia Montano, professional track and field athlete, and her running accolades aside, because she is an amazing athlete. She won seven U.S. championships, two-time world championships, and, I mean, amazing athlete. But she did something that was so out of the box and especially as a mom one I don't know how she did it because I barely could get off the couch at like 20 weeks pregnant but in 2014 she raced the US ATF outdoor championships at 34 weeks pregnant Mm. so just let that sink in A, a general pregnancy is 40 weeks she was only six weeks away from that when she ran and she finished dead last, but it didn't matter to her because she was using it 
as a way to rally pregnant women and present pregnant athletes. And she's spoken out against sponsors about their treatment of pregnant athletes, her experiences, highlighting others' experiences. And I think the fact that she also did it while pregnant, again, like we, like I'd said about seeing stuff and writing, seeing that from a professional athlete being pregnant and competing, knowing that she wasn't going to, to win, break the tape or anything, but using that platform at a very vulnerable time to boot shows the amount of strength that she has and her unwillingness to shy away from such an important topic. And she went on to found a nonprofit and mother, which has a ton of other runners that support it and talk about it, but they help athletes both on an elite and a recreational level make sure that they are getting the needs they have as moms for their kids being able to aspire to bigger goals whether it be running I believe they even have dabbled in the non-running related as well Mm -hmm. but the advocacy that they've done is amazing even during the uh, 2020 Olympics when a lot of the athletes were being forced to not be with their children due to the COVID restrictions and everything. And they were talking about babies and and young children who are still physically dependent on the moms. They worked tirelessly to advocate for, for these athletes. And just without Alicia, I don't, I... It's just, I don't even know. Like, I can't even put into words. I, we said we weren't going to gush, and here I am gushing. I, I, I didn't say we weren't going to gush. I just said we were going to move our gushing on from RBG to the next person <laughs> on the list, for the record. Because, yes, I think that <laughs> there is no doubt whether it's a, if we are more playful with this and we call it a Woman Crush Wednesday or we're going to go ahead and utilize, like, the history of all of the equal rights and work that people have done to get um, to bring feminism to the forefront. There's no doubt that we're going to be doing some quite a bit of gushing here. But I think that what I love so much in hearing you talk about her and talk about her nonprofit, and you know nonprofits will always have my heart because it's like, it is that leaving the world a little bit of better place and it's being committed to it whenever you're able. And while we're all able to do it, and I'm not saying that everybody has to go out and start a nonprofit, I think that does kind of show the commitment that people have whenever they're willing to um, kind of put their money and their time and energy where their mouth is. So I love the aspect of her nonprofit. I love, by the way, her board of directors like a who's who of the running world. But what I love so much is that I think more women need to hear that. It doesn't have to be one or the other. I really cannot say enough how much I hear from women that they're concerned that they're not feeling like they do a good job at either because they're feeling so tied to like, you know, either really striving in their career or striving in their motherhood versus where and mother really allows you to be 100% both in doing it. I think it gives permission for women to not feel like they have to make a choice. So the choice is the and, the ampersand that both you and I are madly in love with. Um, so yeah, I, I love it so much. I love to hear you gushing about it. I'm glad it resonates so strongly with your heart. Well, and it's one of those things to where, like about, about you saying giving permission, I think it's like anything else we're all influenced by societal pressures, thought process, and everything. So if we have people like Alicia 
or organizations like And Mother, it changes that societal narrative. So again, we might not see the same change now as we will in 10 years, but it's laying the groundwork to to give that freedom. And I'll move on from my gushing with saying a quote from her. A lot of what makes changes in our society is visibility. I hope that by stepping out there and showing the visibility of motherhood in this career track, I can make changes and destigmatize women continuing to work while pregnant and exercising while pregnant. Which, mic drop. And now I will turn my gushing wand to you, my friend. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Okay, well, I'm going to, again, step out of the realm of running, um, which is so funny because I think when we were putting this together, you're like, running or not running? And I'm like, I think we should do it running. But then when I got down to it, I just, although I am so madly a fan of so many of the female elites and female semi-pros, I still guess that like when I look to inspiration, I kind of have a more broader, I have a broader view. So I'm going to take it back a little bit more again in history. Um, And Frida Kahlo, I am madly, have always been madly in love with Frida Kahlo and just love every aspect of how she really bucked up against a time where she was supposed to kind of know her place in terms of once she got married, once her she got married, especially to like an internationally famous artist, she was kind of supposed to put her um, her desire to paint, her desire to really be the great artist on a back burner. And I know that it caused a little bit of rifts, especially in her time and with her husband. But I love that she fit no mold. There was zero molds that Frida Kahlo fit in. She absolutely did all sorts of things that were kind of considered not necessarily traditionally appropriate for that time being. I also love that she was also so fierce to make her work evocative and to express things that may not have gotten, um, I guess that wouldn't get billboard play necessarily but was stuff that meant a lot to her in talking about like female issues. You know, she she portrayed a lot of like issues in terms, I mean, her work showed some of the emotions that she had from miscarriage and birth and being a mother and breastfeeding on her own sexuality. She didn't shy away from it. She really seamlessly found a way to like kind of really sew those two things together. So I think I love that. I also love that she was just a warrior. She was tiny and powerful and a warrior, very, very apt to make her voice heard. And she lived to talk about, again, paintbrushing. I love just the color that she expressed herself with. I love that we have these type of discussions because actually for the longest time, I didn't realize that's how you pronounced her name. Oh my gosh. Now I'm very, very nervous that I mispronounced it, but I think it's Frida Kahlo. Why? How how did you pronounce it? I always thought it was Frida Kahlo. It may be. Or Kahlo. I've heard it both ways. I don't know. I'm not... I Look, I've been very honest. I'm not good with pronunciation. Uh, so I know we have one bruncher who will definitely DM us. So you know who you are. Please let us know because I'd love to... I'd love to know. Well, if I look at the... It does look like it is Kahlo um, versus Kahlo. So we'll have to see. Bruncher, tell us. Tell us here. <laughs> <laughs> We're like a magic ball. But no, I I actually was introduced to, I'm going to say Kahlo because that's how I knew it, Frida Kahlo, um, in an art class in summer camp one year. 
And while this is a very narrow scope for mm-hmm. where I'm putting her in, it was at a time that I was going through different body image and, you know, kind of figuring out my own everything. And I loved that she had more of the unkept eyebrows mm-hmm. as by today's traditional standards, I should say. Mm-hmm. And that was very freeing for a young adolescent Shelby because it was so different than what I was seeing as the standard of beauty in in my time frame. And it really opened up to my world to history and brought into a very narrow view that I had of beauty. So again, I know this is a very narrow scope of who she was, but talking about how the art transcends generations and how you can pull different things and that one, that one smallest little tidbit of her really made an impact on my views going forward. I love that. I really, really, really do. That is so sweet. And I mean, she was famous for it, right? So yeah, I I don't think it's, yes, it is a small scope, but still a very prominent scope, we should say. So friend, who's next on your list? Oh, so my next one is Tatiana McFadden who she is one of the most well-known wheelchair racers. You've She's won Boston. She's won, I mean, multiple times. Um, but her story I got introduced to when I got into running. And then my admiration for her as a human has only grown, not only because of, I mean, again, she's a, a very accomplished racer by any shape of the imagination, but the work that she did behind the scenes, and I've, I've probably talked about this before, Rising Phoenix, the documentary she did, and how heavily involved she was in the background and how she actually didn't want to be part of the series initially and a part of the documentary and just showing the absolute unsung beauty of the Paralympics opened my eyes to an entirely different world, a new group of athletes. And I think you'll notice a theme in a lot of the runners that I follow. Their running is amazing. There's no doubt about it. Their racing's amazing. But the behind the scenes, when you pull back that curtain and you see the person behind the miles, she encapsulates all of that. And from her journey at a young age to being in an orphanage, to then not having proper access to wheelchairs to move around, she had to use her hands and her arms to move herself around the orphanage until she was adopted later on. And people talk about the resilience Mm -hmm. and they oftentimes want to talk about the admiration for them because of the adversity they face. But I, I never want it to get lost of sometimes there is no other choice. And I think just again, going back to the human nature of what a strong person she is, period. Not because of a disability or because of any type of birth conditions that she has, but just of the intelligent, strong person 
and not having to add all those sub layers and all of the the sub portions that make her up it's just having the admiration for her as a whole and again the work that she's doing to really make sure that the Paralympic division the para-athlete division isn't viewed as a side dish they are a robust community organization and group of athletes all on their own wow I think that's a hard act to follow my friend (laughs) and hearing you gush like I feel like you need to take the clip of this particular segment of this and send it to her because it's probably the most beautiful love letter that she has ever gotten I mean it's so you even your breath like even changes you you just sound so madly inspired by this individual so I love that that is so wonderful she's she's brilliant I mean she just she has a way and it 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 truly is artwork and then on a racing side the resilience that she's shown doing back-to-back races and having the extra layer of being dependent on the airlines to get her racing chair to and from it's an entirely different layer like we can go and buy another pair of shoes at the local running store and have it the exact same one she does not have that luxury if something happens to her racing chair so the the planning and the the faith she has to have in other people to allow her to compete at the level she's competing it's just i mean there you can talk about some resilience and there's a whole other conversation of how we can do better there, but this is all about admiration. We'll, uh, we'll have a, another sidebar about the work to be done on that front. Well, that's the beautiful thing about this is that we can continue to grow and add to our list as we continue to grow and maybe hopefully make strides in all of these different aspects as well. Um, because again, National History Month or National History Women's Month basically brings forward a lot of the work that has been done and there has been quite a bit of work done, but yet helps us to kind of see where the work remains and what we can continue to stay steadfast in as well. So I think uh, it's so hard. This is hard to actually narrow down such incredible human beings that have made so so many incredible contributions to us. Um, I don't know that most people would necessarily put this individual on their list, um, but definitely on mine, I should say. So I am, I heard of an author from back in the days when I worked at the public radio station, um, Roxanne Gay, and she wrote a book called Bad Feminist. And actually, I'm going to say most people that have heard of her would absolutely put them on her list, their list as well. So she really kind of, I think, brings a modern spotlight to a lot of the issues that are still really front and center around gender, sexuality, race, and politics. Um, I also love that she brings such a beautiful empathy in her work forward. She also, one of the really important things that she talks about is kind of a cultural background and upbringing and their relationship in her relationship to weight and body image, which is something I come back to all the time personally. Um, again, always being a little bit fuller figured, I should say. I always find it so interesting, like whenever I'd go to a, a doctor who may have been Hispanic, they usually never really commented on my weight in any way, shape, form, or fashion because it was 
pretty normal for most Hispanic women to be a little bit more guitar-shaped or pear-shaped, if you will. And then seeing like a, um, a white doctor, maybe, or an American doctor, and then necessarily kind of bring more of that Eurocentric beauty standards into also playing them into health. So I love how she explores that in her memoir um, called Hunger. She also talks about some things that are a little grittier, a little harder to discuss, but just as important, um, like, unfortunately, like rape culture. So she's out there, and she is like, if it is uncomfortable, if it is something that needs to be, like a spotlight needs to be shed on, she's willing to do it. Hearing her in the presentation when she kind of, there was a, a little bit of a talk, it's just, she was just so engaging, so dynamic, so, so incredible that as soon as I was done with that particular event, I added her books to my uh, must read list. So I definitely, definitely am a huge fan of Roxanne Gay. Ooh, I am going to have to look. I mean, I know you'll give me all the resources. <laughs> I also love the fact that you said guitar shape. I'm totally going to use that from now on because you are rocking that body. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, girl. I love that. Yes. Yeah. I, I think it's a good way of looking at it versus pear-shaped. I don't know. Pear-shaped doesn't... Guitar feels a little bit more, like, sassy, doesn't it? I do. I, I That's exactly what I thought of. I'm like, rocking yeah. the body. Oh, I'm so excited to learn more about her because she's not somebody that I am familiar with. Yeah, I think it's kind of one of the ones where it's a little bit quieter, um... I think the people who are fans of hers wish that more people were fans of her as well, at least at least would be willing to peel back one of her books. I think that if I was to say personally for me, I haven't read them all. I think I would say that Hunger may be where I would, I don't know. It's been, I would say Hunger. For me, that was probably one of the ones that I enjoyed the most or like I felt most um, just kind of like, uh-huh, a lot of like bolt, light bulbs moments and just it's just fascinating it's absolutely fascinating Ooh, i'm i'm intrigued i like it i'm i'm down this is why i love this like i know we say it so much we love a lot of things but it's these type of conversations that broaden the horizons and i do love the fact that originally we were going to do just runners (laughs) and you went rogue i am so thankful that you did that because this is this is where it's at. Yay, yay. Well, coach, I mean, we've got just a few minutes left of this unstructured since we're kind of going rogue ourselves and testing out this latest um, version of our quick bites. We have just a few minutes. Want to maybe end with with one of your heavy hitters, one of your favorites, one of the people that you would maybe even love to have on brunch? Like if you could have any of <sighs> these women on brunch, who would it be? All of them. I yes. can't I can't possibly say. So open invitation if you're listening to this, please. We'll call your people. <laughs> um, but oh, I don't know. I there's so many great ones. We might have to do another episode of this. But I think I'm going to leave with Kara Goucher. And you definitely have heard of her name. She again great runner all around run races had prs up the everything but i admire her the most because she not single-handedly there was a lot of women a lot of runners but she has been one of the most vocal of calling out her former coach alberto salazar and the nike oregon project and the sexist the definitely on the line when it comes to doping practices and pressures 
And she, funny enough, as I was kind of doing some fact-checking with my bio, she technically, I guess, is still titled as a professional runner because she never officially retired. Do I think that she's going to go back in the same capacity? No. Maybe some ultra territory. So I thought that was very interesting. She never fully retired from professional running. So, Kara, I, I see you. Um, she obviously has the new podcast with Des Linden, mm-hmm. and she has been an announcer on a lot of the TV, the races, and has spent so much time trying to perfect that craft and learn. But she she is all out, all about making women safe in the sport. She talked about her experience, about being a Nike-sponsored athlete, being pregnant, having her pay revoked until she could compete again, having to start training again two weeks postpartum, and then being forced to race while her son at the time was in the hospital. And I think he was only a few months old, maybe six, six and a half months old. And she was forced to go back out and race or she was not going to be paid due to the ongoing contract disputes, which we've, again, all heard about multiple athletes speaking out about that inequality and that that entire situation. Um, she actually went and ran the Boston Marathon when her son was in the hospital, placed fifth, ran a PR, and fun fact, was still under suspension and not getting paid Absolutely by Nike. Absolutely wild. But she, she's she been very outspoken. She hasn't shied away from it. Um, even during one of her announcing gigs, she did have to contractually wear Nike gear. And it was one of the one things she was most fearful of, of other brands and news stations not wanting to work with her since she had been so outspoken. But it never stopped her from using her voice. And I'm very much looking forward to her new book where it's going to go more in depth and more in detail. And the last, not the last, but one of the last things that I find the most amazing is how openly dedicated she also is to her family and making it clear, even when it came to the Olympics, she was very open with her employers about the schedule that she needed. And granted, she has a lot of privilege to be able to do that. She's very open about that. But she was steadfast in, I have to be true to myself to do the best job I can. And while it may cost me this job, I can't get lost in what I need to do that's best for me and my family. And I love that she owns the privilege. She addresses it, but is also very open with the fact that this is what I am choosing to do and knowing that the repercussions it could entail. And I think that's, that's really freaking strong. So I think with that, friends, what we're going to say is whether you're inspired to take up a paintbrush or to pen a memoir on your own perspectives or to take on the institution, um, to be strong, to be resolute, to be inspired and to continue moving forward because somewhere out there, someone needs the work that you're doing or that you are called to do. So thank you so much for hanging out with us for International Women's Day, of course, here at Brunch It Is 365. But we want to hear from you guys if you have some 
favorites, some people that inspire you that you want to add to the list, please do share with us. You can find us on Instagram and of course using the hashtag TFBrunch, or you can find us on our community page and Facebook group. We'd love to see you there as well. Until then though, we're going to ask you to join us again for Time for Brunch Long Run Edition, which of course drops on Saturdays or come back for more of our midweek quick miles, I should say, because regardless of when or where, we get to continue to serve up these super hot miles with some strong smiles. <laughs>